1: That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy.
0: This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 727 brought to you by Mac Weldon, For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter promo code IFANBOY on the website. And IFANBOY listeners just like you. of the week episode 727 i am connor kilpatrick and this is my co-host
1: josh flanagan i will pick i will pick whatever i want it's there's no pick, rules pick, 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 pick,
0: pick. nope you're all lucky that they've been comic books at this point it turns out though i have I have
1: thousands of comic books so this probably
0: won't be a problem <laughs> that's right so we are a fanboy normally we read our comics and we pick the best one and call it the pick of the week but uh, you know there aren't any new comics right now and who knows when there will be on a regular basis the news is constantly changing and we're not going to worry about it we're just going to take it as it comes when new comics are coming out again then the show will start to revert back to normal until then you get this hobble together mess
1: No way. This is great. In the end, maybe we'll keep like, listen, we were going to go back to comics, but we got this whole cheese kick and our audience (laughs) has tripled.
0: This pick of the week is Gouda. Here's your spoiler warning. This is a review show. So I was thinking as I was reading, you know, like in the back of my mind, talking to myself like, if I screw up the script, who cares? It was a lot easier this week. (laughs) Who cares? I'm not going to lie. (laughs) This week, Josh had the pick. I and did. Uh, I was happy to see, surprised, and uh, excited to talk about it with you because I did I did mention this book briefly on one of our anniversary shows like two shows ago, so like
1: a year ago. Uh, we're talking about uh, Sarah by uh, Garth Ennis and Steve Eppning with Colored by Elizabeth Wrightweiser Re- Re- from TKO Studios. You may remember I, – I, honestly, I know they sent us all these and I don't know, don't know if they did anything after this. Like I don't know if there were other – I believe there's a second wave of books. Okay, so so, so this was 2018, so not a ton of books then.
0: TKO Um, Studios is trying to break the mold. Yeah, so their deal was – new companies try to do when they come into the market. Their
1: their deal was uh, there's not a trade. They just sell you all six issues of the thing at once. They're oversized magazine uh, size, uh, like Golden Age size comics. They came in a little gift box, uh, you know.
0: Well, the thing was to do multiple form. So, like, at, if you bought the box, which included the issues, I think they also sold them digitally, and then mm-hmm. the trade ended up coming out like a year later or something like that. But they they were their whole thing was drop the whole miniseries on you at once. So it's like you're getting a trade, but you're getting six issues.
1: Um, I, I don't I, honestly, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I I like I I get it, but I I think you no know, like. Is this supposed to grow your audience? Because that feels like you just narrowed it. On I don't
0: remember. It's been so long since they debuted. and I don't remember. The, it's not really that important. The point is, if you can buy the box with all six issues, you can buy a crate. Yes, it's available digitally. I read on, on my. I have the box with the issues, but it's in storage. So I read it on Comicsology this week. So like, it's a, It's available wherever comics on however comics are sold.
1: But that all notwithstanding, the comics. Uh, I mean, I've, I've, I haven't gotten. Literally, they've been sitting on my desk for two years. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm like, oh, I gotta get to those. And so, this was an excuse for me to finally read this Garth Ennis story that I have been wanting to read. And uh, it's top, it's top shelf stuff. Uh, production. The the magazine size is it looks gorgeous.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh man, I, I was really glad to be reading it on. Not only paper, but oversized paper, and a really nice, uh, you know, just a beautiful production, you know, and not on an iPad. And there's nothing wrong with reading on iPads; we do it all the time. I don't feel like it takes away from it, but it, it was fun to read this in sort of this slightly bigger format. Well, for also, sure.
0: we, you know, we've been talking for years. We we make jokes about Garth Ennis with his ten cup peddling to whatever comic company will pu- publish his World War II comics, and it's damn I'm right. Trying to remember beforehand, so it was like Vertigo, DC. He's done war comics at Marvel, Dynamite, Avatar. Yeah. Um, are we missing any TKO? Well, not TKO. I mean, it, but yeah. the difference here is that they got him a top flight artist, and that's been the sort of the knock on his, his especially his Avatar stuff, was the art wasn't always professional. But sure, uh, I don't think we've seen an artist of Epting's quality doing his stories outside of the Marvel stuff, which is tangentially war stuff and usually, you know, tied in somehow with either either Punisher or Nick Fury, but um, his straight-up, you know, biographical, historical war comics. We haven't seen an artist of this quality in, I don't even know if I want to say 10 years.
1: Well, I am going to be saying something slightly controversial about that. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about the story, what it is. Um, He has been, Garth Ennis, over the past decade or so plus, he's been very interested on the Eastern Front. Um, we spent a lot of time in the war stories, books and everything with, Night witches. yeah, with, so those are female Russian pilots. We spent time with German, uh, tankies, uh, on both sides of, of the conflict. Um, for some reason, you know, like I think he, he, I don't know if he got it out of himself to sort of get all the, the Brit stories out of the way. And now he's like, well, let's spend time with, you know, with the Germans and with the Russians and the stuff that we don't think of on, uh, like, you know, we don't, Think the about meat, that so the much, meat for the Ameri- side, yeah, the uh, for the American point of view is definitely not not sort of skewed to that, and it's you know it's very interesting because you've taken that that perspective out of it. You've got sort of the German culture hitting the the Russian culture, and the Russian culture in that war is it's really fascinating. Actually, what I think was one of the oh, well, basically, so it's a it's a group of um, female snipers uh, in know, it's probably nineteen forty forty one. Trying to think of when they launched. Uh, forty. So it's late, late forty. Um, and this is a little later. So they're they're the, the Germans have been well within Russia at this point. So forty one. They talk
0: about it. They've been they've been winning, and yeah. despite what Germans. The, the, the Germans have been winning the war. Of course, they they they've only gone through one winter at that point, so they're about to hit the wall. But um, at this point, the okay, Germans so that's, are that's forty one. And yeah, the Germans are um, barreling through uh Western Russia at this point.
1: And, and the it's, war. I am. I'm holding on with all of my my teeth, not to explain <laughs> all of this, and I'm just not do I, it. Oh, but the, I just read the book about the Blitz, and anyway, um, because Hitler, he would have anyway. Um,
0: so this is not so a group of seven female snipers within this this division of troops, um, and uh, it's it's similarly set up kind of like the Night Witches, which was about a group of uh, female pilots. So here it's uh, a group of seven snipers and the main character being Sarah, who is the best one of them. By um, far. But I, I, as you mentioned, I think one of the... It's, it's, so it's, a, it's basically a story of survival. It's a six-issue story. You know, they're coming up against the... They're, they're constantly going out in the day, you know, setting up, shooting Germans, going home, and then there's a bunch of conflicts that happen. But really... um. Well as interesting as that is the propaganda side as you're talking about the culture of of the Russian army yeah. in which they had to basically fight their own propaganda officers who were constantly telling them everything was great and they're they're heroes of the motherland and while they they know the truth and they can't really speak it out loud cuz then they'll get sent away to a camp of their own that's the real interesting gray area of the Russian army uh, is that they had elements of of the nazism in them
1: and uh, yeah they they and I don't think he's a t- he's touched that in some of the other stories he's done. There's definitely the I don't know it that it's the information officer, the government. I forget what it's called, but basically, uh, the the precursor of the KGB.
2: In uh, name.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they would have troops stationed with everybody, and the, the Germans had them called them loyalty officers. The same sort of thing, and you know, their job was to be pro-government. You know, we, if you watched Chernobyl, you saw some of this for sure. Um, and Sarah is the one who keeps you know she sees through it like she's their most valuable soldier but also like she understands the bullshit of it and then by the end of the book there's no need for me to spoil this um you find that she really understands it and it's sort of what's behind you know everything she's saying and so any of that doubt that you had sort of goes completely away um so i thought that that was really interesting because a lot of the stories haven't focused on sort of you know the soldiers are one thing, but the government in Russia at that time was was doing a lot of shitty things, and they re- you know they described it as the meat grinder. Basically, we didn't have a lot except for a lot of people, so they just threw as many people as the Germans as they can, which eventually worked for them. Yeah, the
0: technology um, was worse. You know, the there's a scene here where they get attacked by the Germans, and they've got Tigers, and their their shells are bouncing off the sh- off the hulls of the Tigers, and they they just weren't as well you know well equipped, so yeah. all they had to do was just sort of choke the Nazis in blood.
1: Um, yeah, basically. Their their tanks were garbage. You know, these guys, you know, they all have bolt-action rifles. They're not, you know, uh, they work. They're real good for sniping. But, uh, I mean, but then the other side of it was, uh, this is fairly technical from a, a war standpoint. Um, there's a bit, I want to say it was an issue four or five, I think it was five, uh, where basically the deal is that um, – th- it has come back to the Germans that there is a woman or a group of women who is real badass, and so they send out their like their most badass sniper. And it's sort of like um, what was the movie?
0: There's been a couple of movies like that. That's a very the one with Jude Law. Cool. There's the Jude Law Ed Harris one. There was the movie Sniper with Tom um, mm-hmm. Berenger. Same story, mm-hmm. you know, one badass sniper gets done. It's a right. It's like a boxing movie with rifles, but. <laughs>
1: So they send them out there, And then, basically, at the beginning, Sarah explains where everybody is and why they're there around this big field, and who can see what and There's what the of other side tactics is doing in this book. Yeah. And what's funny is that I read through it, and I was confused. I was lost. And I was like, "Did they screw up?" And I went back and I read it again very carefully. and i uh, I deduced that no, it was done. It was done and explained perfectly but the, the only thing about it was that they had intercut the scenes in the field with the scenes from back at the camp mm-hmm. and that made it a little harder to follow. Yeah. So I basically just skipped all, I, I'd read it once through all the way through but i skipped all the camp stuff and it was clear as day. And also it was like, I was like, that was an amazing bit of comic book storytelling when I was really able to pay attention to it. Um, But it really forced your attention in a way that that doesn't normally. There's another thing that I noticed. um, I've said, you know, if you listen to this, you probably know that I I consider Garth Ennis to be my favorite comic book writer, and have for some time. Um, You never, when you're reading a Garth Ennis comic, kind of regardless of what it is. I'm not to say they're breezy. But you never feel bogged down. You are moving all the time. You don't. They don't like. You feel like you're done with them before you want to be, and not in a bad way. You're just like, oh man, that was that was good. And you know, he is from that class where he had to come up. You know, he's known for these really long stories, but he had to come up in issue writing. So he writes a damn fine issue, um. You know, cliffhangers and whatnot, and the like. Each issue has its own story, um. Even though they all get pieced together is one big thing, and I just like reading through these, the six of these, I. I I forced myself to not go too fast because I could have.
0: Yeah, it's it's a quick and, read, and I mean it's which is but not, not to say a light read. No, and not to say you feel like you got you didn't get your money's worth. You definitely do. Um, but it does it also moves quickly, so you're not you're not like how long have I been reading this? How many do I have left? It's just like there's it keeps never going. that
1: there's never that wall of text page. There's never it's just. It's movement, and it's you know the people are in. You know he's he's great with characters, which is even more impressive when you think of how many of these World War II stories he's done. You know another soldier in the field, and he he makes them all into something. All seven women on this team, who I did have trouble figuring who their names were till the end. I was like, okay, I know who everybody is now. Um, You know they all have a personality, and I like the the. the, conflict slash comrade you know, uh, or no, it's the Russian comradeship yep. um, between uh, Sarah and I think it's Rini, who's sort of the squad commander. Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, they they get in a fight at one point, but then they sort of talk it out after that in a really sort of grown-up, interesting way. Um, you know, the, all those relationships were great. Uh, you had the new
0: sniper, you had the sort of psychopath sniper. Like they all had yeah. a different story. Um, I mean, obviously with Sarah, you get a ton of Backstory and her motivation, and everything. So, but the rest of them you have to sort of, you have to sort of get by implication. But yeah, um, he's just so good. There's so many sort of masterclass pages, not just issues and arcs, mm-hmm. but just pages and and progressions within a page. There's one page that um, I put up on Instagram. Where they're eating, the the Russians had captured two German prisoners, and the girls are all eating. And they am trying to find the page so I can get the dialogue right. But it's like, was that was that a shot? On oh, those two shots, and then it, it, while they're saying that, the camera's panning, mm-hmm. pulling away from the table, and yeah. it's just a great progression. The rhythm of the dialogue, the the art, the shadows. It's just a because it, it, it's a grisly no, notion, but you know they're
1: they're eating dinner. So. So here is my controversial statement, and I will preface this by saying this has nothing to do with the ability of Steve Epting, who is excellent and and uh, unparalleled. And there, you're right, there's a lot of very excellent technical storytelling. That that scene I was talking about in the fifth fifth issue, um, where you know like the, the big fight goes down, basically, was a really good example of that. And and I sort of read it, and I you know, and the stuff in the um, the stuff in the the bunks, I thought was also really well done too. However, I am often I, I I find that my favorite stuff with Garth Ennis tends to be the guys who are a little more cartoony, who are a little more expressive. Um, and and I, I was I was thinking about this for a good like from the time that I read it up until now. Like so, I've I've put as much time in as is possible. I ignored my children to think about this. Sure, Just, you know you're getting your money's worth. Any excuse? Yeah, sure.
0: I, I got to think about Garth Ennis.
1: Garth, <laughs> me surely, surely you understand. <laughs> I know you're hungry, but listen. Um, because of the way that Garth Ennis writes, which is pr- relatively spare, um, he doesn't give you a lot as a reader if he, he's not expecting you to pay attention, if, if that makes sense. Like there's really like, there's a lot of things that are sort of taken for granted that the reader understands and they, they he doesn't explain everything to you. And this is probably one of the reasons I really like the way that he writes. However, I feel that when he has a slightly more cartoony um, – and by that I mean expressive artist, they tend to put a little more into the characterizations of things that can happen. Whereas Steve Epting's strength seems to tend to be uh, the storytelling, the figure work, where a lot of the faces of the characters are pretty flat and straight. So there's not extra going in there that I'm used to seeing from Garth Ennis artists, if that makes I sense.
0: I thought that might be a choice because these fair. women are dead. At least They're Sarah's, Sarah's dead inside. Yeah, her eyes—her eyes are dead. Like, and I think that's the... Yeah. especially for her. I mean, obviously, it's not all the characters, but the, I think the whole point of her—she's she is dead inside. And yeah. uh, I think for her, for, for her being drawn blankly, I think is a choice. Because I think some of the other characters are a bit more expressive. Sure. The psychopath is a bit more expressive. But you're right. right. I mean, there are also Russians on the front in the winter in in the snow, in the- and I don't know how goofy you know i'm thinking more of like his, his tanky stuff and melt. there's yeah. always like the, there's no funny character in here you know there's, there's no like there's, silly guy right. and so i wonder if that's a s- specific maybe choice the with the picking the artist to s- i don't know i don't know i thought it's, this looked great though i think and the bright colors are
1: terrific absolutely i think i think you might be right because this is a story that probably wouldn't lend itself to that but i think i am used to that a little bit with ennis and maybe that's I don't know. I don't know now if that's the artist or the story. I think it's a combination of the two. But this is very dry is not the word I'm looking for because that indicates bad. But it's it's you know it's pretty straight up. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's pretty like if you were saying it was sci-fi, it'd be hard sci-fi. This is kind of hard history in that yeah. sense, I think. Um, and that might be the deal. Also, without giving away the ending or anything, but oh. it's a very Russia in winter war <laughs> ending. <laughs> like I was like, oh yeah. That I guess that there was no other way that could go. There's, it's not um, uplifting, uh, although no, very yeah. satisfying.
0: Um, True, and I, I, it's a really great character. I mean, her name is in the titles. So it's about Sarah, yeah. but it's a really great character piece about her. And as you said, each issue is its own different story. Like stories really don't continue from issue to issue. Like, well, this issue is about this this thing that happens. This issue is about the, the sniper that they fight. This issue is about a flashback. Yeah. And so, but but through that all, you get an overall story of. However long this takes place,
1: and mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's 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 rough, but it's there's good. A, it's good. Yeah, no, it, it, but it, you know, at the same time, like I was like, that was literally as triumphal as you could make something.
0: I think so there's only one real criticism I have of the book. I would love to hear and it, and it's it's one I remember having at the time, and I and I re, I had it again reading it. So the the only thing that you have to kind of like. Let go for purposes of dramatic storytelling and not think too hard about is is when Sarah captures that German soldier and then ends up trussing him up in a tree to make him look like a sniper. Mm-hmm. I don't know how she could possibly have done that.
1: Oh, I didn't even think. You know what I didn't what I thought about that was? And I re- I, there was another scene that I had to read over and over a couple of times is that she – the, the 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 Germans and the Russians wear kind of the same white
0: Yeah, they all wear the to- white togs. Winter, winter.
1: And so you kind of – you have to look at like, oh, those are German helmets. So you yeah. can kind of get it. So she gets up early in the morning yeah. and sneaks into a camp. And it looks like she's sneaking away from her own camp. But then she sneaks up on this this one German dude. And she looks like she's standing in the middle of the camp without cover. And there's other soldiers well, all was, over the
0: place. she was – well, look at that in one second. So what I'm saying is he – I, I have a hard time believing this. Soldiers allows her to get up in the tree and sit there while she intricately ties him to the tree. That's that's the only that's true. That's but the only does, thing I had to think of.
2: That's I
1: that's fine. But it, 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 I, I'm agreeing with that. But I'm saying the earlier part of that, no. like her getting into and out of that camp, seemed very unlikely. So for your saying, I think was that that was when she come across the guy peeing. Was mm-hmm. that the one? Uh, n- no, he's unloading box. Oh, I guess he is. Is he peeing? No. Issue three. He's the, is that what you're talking about? She. He, so there's three of them. He walks away whistling. He's unloading the truck and she comes up on him. He's oh, not. Oh, you're talking about the
0: same issue. I'm thought, I thought you were talking about six. issue three.
1: I see. Okay. No, no, no. Issue six. Same guy you're talking about. Okay. The one that okay. she puts in the tree. Yeah. And he's got a crate of stuff. And she pretty much seems to be standing in the camp because the opposite view of where he is, there's people everywhere. Yeah, she. She. The first.
0: The pages before that, she's sort of pulling a Captain spears and just running through their camp.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I just didn't. I was like, I don't see how, because all that guy need to do is Yelp. That's literally it, and she's dead. So what
0: we've now, established is he's the worst soldier that's ever soldiered, right? In, in any and war. they did,
1: yeah, and they did say that, and I think that that answers both your question and my question. But that was a little bit of a stretch.
0: Anyway, it, it, for dramatic purposes, it worked. It just, if you thought about it for more, for me, I was like, uh,
1: like he is yep, not fighter, like I, I saw that. I, I see what you mean. I didn't think of what you thought of, but uh, that's all right. Anyway, I, I, I I'm glad you picked this because I
0: really did enjoy it at the time reading it however long a year ago. Um and I knew you would enjoy it just as a matter of you having the excuse to read it, and the excuse being there are no comics.
1: Yeah. I I I think sometimes I, I, I've I can't think of a lot of Garth Ennis things that I've disappointed in, but I will sit on them for a long time because you know, A, I, I'm like, I don't want to read the one I don't like. Mm-hmm. And B, it, when I do like it, I'm going to like it just as much, if not more, because I weighed it. So, like, I have a bunch of Garth Ennis trades and things that I've never read that are here, you know, that I'm, you know, I'm going to get to them one day. I'm going to be thrilled. I remember when I read, um oh, what was it? The oh, Kev, the Authority Kev stories. yeah, And I I, I just... I went through them all at one point, and I, I thought, you know, when I read about it, I thought, I'm not going to like this. And then once I started going, I was like, nope, these are also great. You know, like, right. it, it, and it's so, you know, they're good. They're good for whenever you get there.
0: And they're not all, I, I think I just read one that I didn't like, but I can't think of what it was. Um, mm-hmm. I've been blowing through my two read stack. But
1: Those, he did a couple for Marvel, was like the Enemy Ace or whatever, that weren't great. Um,. I can look at. Uh, let me see. I think one was a pick of the week, but still,
0: I I've, I tend, those. I think I, I like, but there's there was a couple that he did for Image. Um, oh really? That because uh, I was just blowing through a bunch. Of, I had like a ton of Image books in my two read stack. Did you ever read Tales with Rifle Brigade? That might have been the one I'm talking. Thinking. See,
1: of. that was a, that was a very silly, like farcical kind of. Yeah, thing. I did really like liked those. It. those are the ones. I really liked it at the time. Yeah. Those were from, those were Vertigo originally. Yeah, and Tales of the Rifle
0: Brigade. I read that trade recently. I did not enjoy that. I had to really force myself to finish that one. Hmm. Yeah,
1: I liked it one. at the time, but that was a long time ago that I read that. And I read Bloody Mary. I didn't like that one either.
0: Uh-huh. But this is, this is from like, you know, not everyone writes everything perfectly. No, totally. Or for me. But anyway, I, I love this. I'm glad you picked it.
1: Yeah, I loved it too. It was great.
0: And so last week when we talked about Teen Titans go to camp, we said we were going to stop talking about Teen Titans go to camp unless there was a reason to talk about it. Um this is issue 8 in your you know the digital issue 8 and I wanted to talk about it because yeah. uh Emma Kubert drew it. Yeah. She is the grand- granddaughter of Joe Kubert and the daughter of Andy Kubert. And so they are kind of like you know comics royalty. Mm-hmm. You know? they are uh the like the Like, um, uh, what's like, I'm trying to think of a Hollywood family like that. Um,
1: I was, I was like, the (laughs)
0: Busimas, no, like, uh, oh, god, wait, so is this, uh, like Andy or, or or Adam's daughter? daughter? Okay, Adam's daughter is the editor, Katie Kubert, right? Okay, so they are a comics family, and I thought this was really fun because her style is not at all like either of her family styles, but you can also kind of see a little bit of stuff in there um yep. i liked. i liked looking at it
1: uh something about the production was really weird like it like there's bits where it looks i think i said this about one of the ones before it the that like,
0: that's what i was thinking of
1: there you go that's a good one so she's or the, like or the, Drew the fonda's yeah um it just looks like digital stuff that's been zoomed in too much a lot of places and i don't well, i can see why. that and
0: also if you know we talked about it before this is uh Half a page, right? So it is sort of double sized.
1: I know, but you, like it's possible to do this without, like, if you, the lettering is tight. So like the lines on the other stuff, it seems weird. I mean, who knows who's actually putting these books together right now? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good. The, the the I will say the coloring is not good.
0: It's that the guy who couldn't get out of the office for the lockdown who has to live there.
1: Actually, she did the coloring too. So.
0: I like the ongoing feud of Speedy. It's, like it's in this, delightful in this issue how he's trying to romance Starfire, but he keeps fucking, Dick keeps fucking it up, and Speedy keeps showing up to serenade her, or bring her fla- the proper flowers, um, or have a romantic date on the lake. I just, I liked looking at it. I liked that it was Emma Kubert, and I and mm-hmm. the on this was basically all about, all about uh, their feud. It was fun. Yeah.
1: I think the storytelling was very strong, as well it fucking well should be. Um, and I actually did like the character designs that are sort of like notched one step closer to reality, but still remind you of the cartoons, I guess.
0: Yeah, and and uh, it's Dick. You know, Robin's hair looks like he just stuck his finger in a light socket. Yeah,
1: I'm all right with that. Um, I think the best the best bit is when the, whatever the big monster is that comes out of the flowers uh, puts its head over. Or eats Robin's head, and those are great panels. That's what I'm saying.
0: Let's go. Let's go over to Gotham. Batman: The Adventure Continues, number two. So the adventures continue. So we talked about issue one, and that was with the uh, this is by Alan Burnett and Paul Dini, with art by Ty Templeton, Monica Kubina, and Joshua Reed. Um, so this is like very Silver Agey. You know, there's big yeah. robots, and Lex Luthor's in his battle suit, and uh, it's fun. It's not great, but it's fun. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. I think the best part of this was the Superman reveal.
1: Yes. I mean, that's always fun to see. I want to know how he did that, but either way. Yeah.
0: One. <laughs> it's sort of like the, the, the soldier in the tree. It's like somehow Lex Luthor subdued Superman and turned him into a power battery for a giant robot. Okay. And they also, these are moving too, so like we're done now with Lex. Lex story is
1: over. So. Right. Now we're moving on to Jason Todd. Is, yeah, that is Jason Todd. You see, at the end I saw, I was like, is that Jason Todd? And then it says, Deathstroke comes to Gotham. And I thought, well, what is that?
0: It's, I, I, I mean, it's not a, it's not a great comic. I, it's, there a, are... it's a good comic. The, the books that they did in the 90s that were contemporaneous with the, with the show were actually really great comics. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you recall, they did it with Superman and Mark Miller was one of the writers on it. Like, the, those were back anyway. then. Those animated books were really actually legitimately great. This is yes. good.
1: Well, there. Listen, I I know of Ty Templeton as a cartoonist who I really like, and when I see his name, I get excited. But there were a couple bits in here where I was like, Are you, are you trying to be simplistic? Yeah, I just uh, have that, that
0: feeling.
1: Let's see. There's one uh, which is page 20. Uh, it's Superman, is sort of floating in the air, and like, it's just bad figure. Like it's not good. Then there's another one where Batman is flying off in his robot suit, and and. Uh, which is page 13 and like it's just like it's wrong like it's it's not drawn correctly uh which is odd because it's kind of almost the same pose as from the other page
0: yeah i it's mean just, it's it's a bummer because it's um it almost feels like it's not it feels like the story and the art are a little simple which would mean yes. mean it's
1: geared more towards kids than than all ages which I'm fine with, but that's not okay to do with art, and certainly not with production of art. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think. I mean, if you're gonna do the the figure drawing, you got to do the figure drawing. And I know that this, I know this artist has the stuff. This feels like they took like storyboards or something and then kind of gussied them up for print, but didn't really. I don't know. It was that that was a little weird to me. I I absolutely enjoyed reading it. I mean, you think you'd said it before? Like, you can hear that Lex Luthor voice.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you can. I was—I mean, I haven't watched that show in forever, but I'm intimately familiar with what it looks and sounds and feels like, and this does give you that feeling, which is fun.
0: So we had a nice surprise this week with uh, yeah. Panel Syndicate releasing a new new book, which was nice for them because uh, there was no comics.
1: <laughs> that would have been the thing I should have put in the script right there that I was thinking of uh, that I forgot to do.
0: Friday, from Ed Brubaker, Marcos Martin, Munza, Vincente. Marcos Martin and Munza, Vincente are the... Uh, Art team, they did um, Barrier and uh, The Private Eye. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is Ed Brubaker's first panel syndicate book. And he seems like the perfect guy to work with this company because this is totally his ethos. Um, And so I want to know if you, and you may not have had the same thought I did because you may not have done the same things I did when I was a kid, but I was only about 10 pages, not even 10 pages in, when I realized it was Encyclopedia Brown*.
1: Um, I didn't realize it until I was actually like, what is this? I spent a lot of time with that. And then when I read it at the end, uh, what was it? Harriet the spy was, I think the thing that he said was his favorite thing. And then that's what it was. And I, I sort of understood it, but I didn't get it right away for sure.
0: Yeah, was it like, was what? not, I was, like, I was like, what is this? And then I, w- and then I don't know why, cause you know, I, have read Encyclopedia Brown like 30 years, but in my brain, it sort of all clicked cause you've got this kid who's working with the sheriff and he's got a tough, uh, female Watson, mm-hmm. and that's that was Encyclopedia Brown's setup. And there was a bully in town who was always the bad guy, and he had a, a name very similar to the bad guy they were chasing in this. Um, anyway, the this is so this is a story of a girl who comes back from college. She has some, she's she's very angsty about it because she she has a best friend and she's got something to talk to him about, something that happened before they left, and uh. She wants to talk to him, but she doesn't get a chance because as soon as she gets home from the train station, the car cop car, car pulls up, says, "We have a we have a mystery to solve," and so she gets pulled into this mystery that is very supernatural and and all that stuff. But um, it, not what I was expecting.
1: No, it was not. It was not a brew baker that. It, I mean, it, it, it was brew baker, but it, it wasn't what I thought it it's was. The fatal.
0: It's the fatal brew baker.
1: It's also like like do you remember the there was a criminal series uh, or was a story where it was Archie basically. Oh yeah, no that
0: but that was more straightforward. This is the this is the supernatural side, it's the fatale mm-hmm. side, the guy who likes uh yeah. Clufu, however, however yeah. you say that. So that's yeah. less interesting to me, but
1: And it uh, wasn't it wasn't a Marcos Martin that I could have told you.
0: No, especially after reading Batgirl last week. It right, was a it very was, different was, Marcos Martin than even Private Eye Marcos Martin.
1: Yeah, no, it was a ve- like he was doing a completely different cartoon style that, you know, there's storytelling things and obviously there's production coloring that's sort of, like you can see it, but the sort of way that he drew the, you know, the figures, is Christ, some of it looks like like old top shelf comics almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> really, kind. it's
0: very cartoony with very exaggerated yeah. features on people and um, when I opened it, I was like, is this really Marcus Martin? And then you can yeah. see it, you can see it, but he's doing a different thing here. So Brubaker said in the out, you outgoing essay that uh, his idea was to do the YA book after the after their post YA. Yeah, the joke being that's just a. But um, <laughs> uh, so this is like an Encyclopedia Brown character that's also Harry elements of other other things. What happens when they're older and they're past the point of being you know kids? And mm. so you know, it's very adult. There's cursing and there's violence and. She smokes. You, you have to assume they either had sex or something happened that was very awkward when yeah. before she left. And so there's that. And, they, and, the, and, and the kid, I'm just going to keep calling Encyclopedia Brown because I don't know what his name was, uh, is, is still living in that world. He's still home. He's still solving cases with the sheriff. And, and she is trying to La- sort of grow up a little bit.
1: Lancelot Jones. Right.
0: I think when I read that and saw the setup, my brain clicked into place. at it. That's Yeah, what, sure. I read a lot of Encyclopedia Brown as a kid.
1: I loved it at the time, but I haven't looked at it in a while. I think I tried to read some of it to my older son. He just didn't click, and I didn't, we didn't keep going.
0: He very obviously knew the answer to the mystery. That's why.
1: Yeah, probably.
0: Um, um, so, yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I enjoyed it, but I was like, wow, that was
1: un- unusual. I really liked that it existed this week. <laughs> I was very happy about that. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't love it, though. It really like It yeah, didn't yeah. speak to me in a lot of ways that I was pretty I was excited about. I wanted to. I want I like when I started I was very excited. I was like, all right, I get to read this. This is going to be great and it, there was nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't a thing that tickled my fancy so much. That's
0: how I felt about Barrier, which was the second book that Brian K. Vaughan did with Marcus Martin from Final Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I even finished it.
1: I don't I feel like maybe I read the first one for the show so, and then I
0: mean, I, I mean, first of all, I think it's kind of fun to not know anything about these books. They just sort of drop all you had was the cover image, and the mm-hmm. creative team. So I was opening it. I was like, I don't even know what I'm in for. So that's that was kind of exciting. But then that's I always like, fun. I was like, I don't even. Eh, it was fine. Like I liked it. It was okay. And at first, yeah. I was worried. Like, oh no, because we had, we had chosen, or you had chosen Sarah, you know, early mm-hmm. enough for us to read it as pick of the week. And I was like, oh no, did we blow it? Like, is this going to be this incredible Brubaker Martin crime book that should have been the pick? And then I was like, no, nope. Sarah was better. No, it no, yeah, there was no. <laughs> No, I mean I, look I liked it I'm going to read the next issue I'm going to keep reading it but uh, mm-hmm. it's not well, I, I'm,
1: I I've got to read the next issue I mean shit
0: it's not my favorite um like I didn't I I dropped off Fatal you know get the the mm-hmm. sort of ghost huntery stuff it doesn't not as interesting to me
1: no I mean neither of us are big supernatural guys so uh you know what I'm big into underwear not just underwear my friend Sox, I'm into hoodies sweatshirts all those things. Okay. I'm into smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Right. I'm in. I'm in. I am into Mac Weldon. Unlike the Panel Syndicate books, when Mac Weldon comes along, I do know what I'm going to get, and I'm pretty excited about that because they're into the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. And my experience holds that sentence up. I can go. I can. I can. Proudly cl- proclaim that is true. There's the silver underwear and shirts that are antru- an- that are naturally antimicrobial, mm-hmm. and also this is, if you don't like it, you don't have to send it back. You keep it. They'll send you uh, the money back, and, and you're it. No questions asked. I can't imagine that would happen because it's it's damn fine stuff. Right. Uh, so uh, you know they look good. They perform well. It's good for working out, going to work, going on dates, or things that we used to do. <laughs> um, right when you get to go out again don't tell me that you're not giving your your a sweat a workout
0: i was literally wearing them up until an hour ago because
1: yeah because it was did, did, it you was
0: get, chilly here in la it was uh-huh.
1: it was 60 i was i was like do you get dressed for the show now nah. <laughs> well i it was
0: it <laughs> got, dress the, pants. The, the sun finally came out so i put on right. shorts but uh it was like it was cool this morning it was no sun it was 60 so i was like ooh, it's sweatpants weather so i put on the
1: i, I put I, on my foot pants I believe there's an A short. Ooh. So listen, they value their their loyal customers, and they have now created a loyalty program, the the Weldon Blue loyalty program. And here's the deal: you create a free account. That's free. There's no you don't have to subscribe. Uh, level one: you place an order for any amount, and you never pay for shipping again. So you sign up, place one order, and you never pay for shipping again. That's that's excellent. Level two: once you purchase two hundred dollars worth of products from Mac Weldon, that's uh, that's in aggregate not only will you receive free shipping going forward, but you will start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. I think that's pretty rad. Yeah. Level two also grants access to new products before they're released to anybody else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. That sounds pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ha- are listening to this and you have ever gone and bought any of that stuff based on our recommendation or used our coupon code or whatever, then you are right now You are right now thinking, you know, this is not a bad deal. That's, <laughs> that's all right. And and you should you should take you should take that's that the on. David Letterman
0: I, dumb guy voice.
1: I know I've been doing it for years, and that's the first time that you've mentioned it. <laughs> I've been doing the David Letterman dumb guy voice since I was eleven. Who hasn't? I know. I used to always refer to everybody as kids. I was like, <laughs> you know, kids, and and people. I remember people in college were like, "Why do you keep calling us that?" I was I'm like, from Boston. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so that's all worth it. That's good. Connor and I have uh, have have purchased and worn many of these items we've talked about them in the past we're big fans we uh, avail I,
0: ourselves I, of the product
1: oh, oh my god i can't I, I i'm not kidding you as of this morning i was like all right my oh i have lots of these clean mac weldon underwear ready so i was i'm starting my day in the right direction i'm pretty happy about that and those are my favorite out of all of them like you just you just can't go wrong that's mm-hmm. Damn fine underwear. That's just all there is to it. If you like a boxer brief, man, and you've been looking for the right one, my search ended. That's all I'm saying. So get over to MacWeldon.com. You can use the coupon code iFanboy for 20% off your first purchase. And like they said, you order that – join the, the program first. Join the loyalty program first. Then all your shipping is free after that forever. And cool. then you sp- spend a little more money, you're getting a discount for the next year. That's fantastic. Get on that stuff, especially now. Jeez, be comfortable. If you can, <laughs> if you've got the, you're like, you know what? I need some more stuff. You want to? You want If you're gonna have to sit around the house forever, you know, do it. Do it right. Make sure you have the support you need. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Both literally so and it, figuratively.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Let's go to our corner and bring in our our, our esteemed, special corner Esteemed colleague. Esteemed colleague, that was it.
0: Our esteemed colleague, Ron Richards. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Hey, here he is. There he is. He's
2: here to talk about Good. G.I. Joe. Oh, am I here to talk about G.I. Joe? So, welcome to <laughs> <This> G.I. Joe <laughs> Corner. We're back. This is the highlight of your week, right? It really is. It really, yeah. really is. And it was funny because, you know, I know I missed last week. We're, we're on episode three, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. So, I missed last week with episode two. um And I was like, well, maybe I have some time to talk about episode two. And then I watched episode three. And gentlemen, there is a lot to unpack in this episode. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like there, there is a lot.
0: All right, so let's will... let's let's start with the stats just to get them out of the way. So this is episode three. Uh, this is called uh, "The Worms of Death," the mass <laughs> device part three, and it aired. Josh can tell us because I clicked it. September, 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 fourteenth, nineteen
2: eighty-three. Yep, correct.
0: As always, th- Dan Thompson directed, written by Rob Ron Friedman, produced it for Marvel Productions.
2: I thought it might be helpful to just read the, the description from Wikipedia. Sure. Because I think that will also give an indication on what how much there is to unpack here. Um, A lot. The Joes and Cobra vie to find the heavy water element. Mysterious underwater tube worms cause both teams to agree to a ceasefire to thwart off the worms, allowing both teams to successfully recover the heavy water. Wait, wait. Thwart off? Thwart off. That's not right. (laughs) Snake, Snake Eyes struggles to remain alive in a snowstorm and is suffering from radioactive poisoning. He manages to save a wolf who becomes his makeshift pet the pair are rescued by that's a blind right timber is no hang one's on. Pet. hang on the pair are rescued by a blind hermit who cures snake eyes of his poisoning and injuries the Joes <laughs> are overjoyed to see their comrade alive and with the crystals however his canister was booby trapped by cobra cois- causing poison gas to flood the air so that's all wikipedia says and it mentions nothing about life of the party torpedo well, is, who, is the who the I have never seen a Joe get get more applauded upon entering the scene than when Torpedo emerged out of the submarine and everyone lost their shit. They
1: love that Torpedo. Guy, they that love guy, Torpedo. That guy, would, that guy would always bring weed from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, they so, loved him. So. They're, just, they're like, ah, oh, it's Torpedo. I love that guy. Can I? Two things. Two things. Just before, before we get into the main thing. One, the point is earlier today I was standing in front of my refrigerator and for some reason I said, Cobra. I don't know why.
2: It literally came out of me. I had no reason, and obviously, this is getting to me. Number two, it's wait, I will amazing. say, I I will add. Wait, before you say number two, at I will least. add to that. I was watching this while making dinner, and my wife stopped in the kitchen and like looked at the screen for a couple of seconds. and was like it must have been really fun to do that voice recording for Cobra Commander, and just walked away. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. Part two is that it's amazing that we know any science at all to this day <laughs> because the people who did the show either did not. did not know or did not care because I don't there were so I... many inaccuracies why didn't we tell oh, yeah. uh
0: russia and chernobyl about the leaves and herbs you could just mix together and just make just radiation just disappear <laughs> leave your body and apparently your clothes because he puts the clothes back on
2: you're um, all dead. Her, <laughs> the blind hermit. The blind hermit was so funny, and what, what was gets his me, accent? It was Irish. Irish. was Irish. He was an Irishman. Bad Yeah, it was very bad. But what's so funny is that, like, so Snake Eyes is is wandering the tundra, glowing with radiation, just glowing, and he stops yep. to save a wolf from a trap. Who then follows him? Then the blind hermit finds them, and then goes, "Oh, we need a name for your dog. Let's call him Timber." And then Snake Eyes leaves with Timber. How did anyone ever learn Timber's name after that? Because Snake down. Eyes didn't tell anybody. You could have written it down.
1: Maybe you got a little tag. <laughs> put, a, put a little tagger on it.
2: Also, Why was wh- the hermit an
1: Irishman? Cause, Listen. Because he was driven out of New York Famine. in the 1860s. <laughs> when did Cobra have time
0: to booby trap the canister? Right. Because that That's was a good the GI Joe canister, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then he walked out. And then I thought very humanely: the Cobra soldiers just let him walk into the snow to die instead of killing him because he was. Well, maybe that's because they knew they booby trapped
2: the canister. But
1: when did they do that? I don't. I don't. I, I don't fact, know. In fact, Major Major Blood was like, "Well, he's not getting anywhere." <laughs> right. That was. That didn't seem like a faint. That wasn't like to fool Snake Eyes. Right, at, I thought he was going to die in the snow. Maybe one, the Maybe the Irish uh, he our, was Arctic
2: vagrant was Cobra. Maybe. Oh, maybe he was. It could. He could have been Baroness in costume. I think that makes. Well, the speaking most
0: sense. of Baroness, we still haven't seen her in her full leather S and M getup yet. We still have original Baroness blue uniform two outfits or, a,
2: or a red scuba outfit. Which, by the way, um, lots of conversations happening underwater.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> like the like, where do you start with the underwater scene? <laughs> For one, instant instant sense memory when those <laughs> worms popped out and made that sound oh god it from was a, horrifying yes, from yes. a production standpoint that is the scariest sound i've ever heard it like
2: <laughs> way can't. to go that is the audio version of rebar oh I my can't god imagine yeah. as a
0: kid i don't remember watching this particular one i, at least, I remember at, at least that scene i remember watching other scenes but man that sound even as a adult uh. i was like
1: oh god I, I I still every time I watch any underwater documentary and they start talking about the tube tube worms I get anxious and I don't know why no, and now it. I remember like That's it's it. they're they're genuinely scary.
2: But now, here's the thing: if you just let them float ahead. to the top, they'll explode. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, they talked about the pressure. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but then they got out and swam no around with exposed hands <laughs> and faces, and no I just like if you're. Gonna mention, you're gonna mention that you're in the deepest trench in the ocean. That the water pressure down there is what creates heavy water, which literally less believable than what happened in the flash story, <laughs> 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 because it's it's less true. And then they're they're talking, they're swimming around. I was like, this is not.
2: Well, your I, hands wouldn't be able to be out. Even, 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 uh, even in like three feet of water, you can't hear each other that far across the distance, across a chasm, to have a conversation about your, your truce. Like uh, that, I assume they had radios on the same frequency as
1: Cobra. They, that's a thing that you do in cartoon warfare: is everybody's oh, on the same frequency, it. and they all speak English. Okay, so there you go. Otherwise, other, otherwise, the otherwise the plot grinds to a halt.
2: <laughs> True, um, I did enjoy in Cobra's uh, headquarters what, as they were, you know, making Russia bow to its knees, and then threatening to, you know, destroy New York. At one point, uh, after one of those bizarre bro- broadcasts, Cobra Commander just turned to Destro and just went, "Cobra rules." <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know my favorite part of
1: that scene is uh, the the in house Cobra TV crew. Yes, yes, the two guys who have to work the giant broadcast. I'm honestly surprised they never sold those as figures.
2: The
0: platform, <laughs> like the camera goes, operator, oh, oh. sound guy. What Kruger. about when? What Kruger about when after
2: guys. after after they went for the hard water and Duke gets on the phone and video chats with the the professor back at base and it, like, did you notice he's holding the phone like at least six inches away from his ear? It was like uh, it was, so. Uh, so bizarre. But back
0: back to the Cobra broadcast. Um, I, I realized in this. It, I feel like in this episode they changed what the mass device does, because yeah. originally it was trans. It was teleporting objects, and then all of a sudden objects. it's disintegrating right. them. Well, I, in, I in mean, the it's recap, it said It disintegrated the, the Eiffel Tower. Right. Mm. And also, and by then, the way, yeah, by the way, they, they showed the box. IP. They showed the boxes of elements that they desperately needed because they didn't have enough to do anything, and they were all full.
2: Yeah, I, I yes, noticed yes, that I as well.
1: So. Here's another bit uh, in in terms of science. So uh, is it uh, Steeler and uh, who are the other guys who sort of build a rocket?
2: Oh, short, they, they, build a sa- short, no, they
1: build a satellite yeah. that takes it's, off by right. itself. Right, so it, it was its own rocket, so it could break <laughs> the gravitational field from the middle of their base. Oh, they'll open the roof up, send that up there. (laughs) Then, so, and I was like, well, none of that, none of that is even close to real. And then, and then Cobra goes and they put a bunch of dudes up there in space (laughs) who who apparently will die there. (laughs) They've left them no way to get home. (laughs)
2: I mean, that's, that's, how, a tough that's job. how dedicated the Cobra Soldier is. I I did do I did do a double take when they teleported the Cobra soldiers into space, and then and it feels like the the Joe satellite that's sole purpose was to destroy the 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 mass satellite. It, just, it sat there waiting to pull the trigger for long enough for all the Cobra people to teleport and get their bearings and then shoot it down. Like that 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 whole scene took an eternity, and I felt like it, if it, if they had just shot the satellite, this all would have been over. And nothing happened. Like there was nothing no reason happened. for any of that. That yeah. was all a waste of time. And I did do. Did they just teleport Cobra guys into space? I did stop and ask myself that question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what are those? What happens next? Oh, what, are
2: those guys? You know, like, like uh, do we? Uh,
1: what's the? What's the egress? So, are you sending a ship or? No. Oh no, that was that was it, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm glad I gave my life for this.
0: Jeez. So, uh, again, the. Wonderful. Uh, so Destro called Cobra Commander Reptilian Poppin' Jay a couple episodes ago. Now it's egotistical Peacock. He is the, he is the <laughs> he, uh, he, sauciest commander in the base. He
1: hates birds. <laughs> um, Cobra
0: Commander like is the, a Poppin' Jay is It's a bird, right? Probably. He's like the he's like the, Cobra Commander is like the foppish king, an old medieval England who was like inbred and, and ineffectual, and he was really being run everything by the. Right hand man, Destro is just not even. There's no no even pretense of respect
2: with Destro at this point. At this point, I get the feeling that that Destro isn't like. I feel like there is a a you know like there's an equality in terms of their leadership, right? Like whereas in the future episodes, Destro is purely under Cobra Commander, but this it seems like it's a shared attempt at leadership. I was always confused about that as a kid yeah. because well, clearly, it's in the theme named- song.
0: It's uh, Cobra and Destro.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he's
0: called yeah. Cobra
1: Commander which right. indicates, you know, like a level and and I remember as a kid just thinking why is he taking this shit from him?
0: <laughs> right. I mean well, not in, that word. In the comics it was clear, right? Yeah. He was always conspiring with Baroness and Major Blood or Doctor Mindbender or Arkan Well, he or
1: was a he was a third-party contractor.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, He a a, a a weapons contractor, right? Howard yeah. Stark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in a in a, in a very darker timeline. <laughs> so um it depends on who you ask.
0: I, I had forgotten because we talked about the first time how you know snake Guy's got the short shift in the c- cartoon but he really did have a lot to do in the last two episodes
2: he uh, did or, and also he was um uh, uh rescued by covergirl who just you know is out at the perimeter in the most uh uh like inconvenient vehicle to take to go pick snake the rocket eyes launching up. tank yeah the enormous rocket launching t- tank tank war- that's the Warthog. hog Oh, by the way, by the way, also when to back up when Snake Eyes collapses in the snow because of the radiation poisoning, and after being attacked by the enormous polar giant bear, bear um, giant polar bear, um, they the can draw animals. The blind hermit finds him, and did you see when the blind hermit picks both him and Timber up? And tucks them both under his arm and carries them to his dog sled? Well he was also pretty giant, I, th- I thought. He was enormous. Well, I mean, I thought, well let's yeah. talk
1: let's talk about his design that made no <laughs> sense at all. Like he had like he had like uh, ace fraily eyes and a big white hair and like, no is that supposed to be, yeah, it was no is, is that supposed to be blind? <laughs> he said he was blind, <laughs> he couldn't see anything.
2: I know, but it's weird. So I, he also, he had, like, did, Zartan eyes, actually. Yes, I did, that's do, it. I, I did do a bit more of a deep dive onto the Blind hermit. Oh. Um And uh, this is the only episode he appears in. Okay. So, so that was as deep as the dive went? Yeah, pretty much. I, I will
1: say I I did uh, I did misspeak. It, uh, Covergirl's vehicle is the Wolverine, not, right. the, not, the, not uh, the Warthog. Because the Warthog no. was, it, plain, right? yes. the, was the plane, right? Yes. It was like the A-10. The I had cook it cook-off from the ground? Yeah. Like, like the, vertically? Yeah, same yeah, there's it's it's a real plane like the A10. Uh, I Forget what it's called. So well, yeah. speaking
0: of Cover Girl, this is also her original design. She was you know her character yes. is the former Cover Girl model who's now Joe, and so she's got the long flowing supermodel blonde long hair. And later yeah. on, she suddenly will sport a brunette suburban mom short haircut, right? Which is a strange which change. which I prefer.
2: Um, we also got the the uh, the G.I. Joe underwater vehicle.
0: Well, they were the they, shark. Before they saw it, it no, was torpedo, it, they were very excited about a submarine in general.
2: Yes, yeah, they, they were very yeah, excited about a submarine in general. As if they'd never seen it. It's not exactly a shark, by the way. Uh, no, it isn't because sh- they didn't yeah. name it and it didn't have deep six. And right. <laughs> and the shark, the shark had it was more. Um, this looked like this. Uh, this one in here had the two yellow foils on the wing, mm-hmm. and the shark just has the one fin in the middle. Um, this looks to be a little wider than the shark It definitely you can see this is the beginnings of the shark. Um, but I would like to go back to torpedo's entrance because I don't think that there is, (laughs) there there has ever been like that, that submarine comes up and torpedo comes out and those Joes lost it. Oh man. Torpedo. I love torpedo. Good
1: guy. Uh, again, I have to go back and correct myself, uh, Uh or us. The G.I. Joe Warthog was uh, an amphibious (laughs) infantry fighting vehicle. It came with Sergeant Slaughter. I want you you to keep doing this throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, I have to. Otherwise, they're going to come back. The A-10 Thunderbolt uh, was the G.I. Joe plane that I was thinking of uh, based on the real plane, the A-10.
2: So what I find interesting about Torpedo is if you compare – how would you describe his portrayal in this episode? Hawaiian. Right. But also he was, you know, like – he was he was into it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, he was gung ho. Semper Fi. So so, Torpedo's um uh, card description on the back of his action figure was: Torpedo can be described as the consummate professional. You can always rely on him to do the job at the best of his ability, and that's it. Don't count on him to do any high five or victory dance when the mission is done. Well, I feel like he was the first guy to high five and victory dance he before, before the, the mission. He, he is during <laughs> the mission
1: yeah well Dan Thompson and and Ron Friedman just went this isn't going to work for us and they had the freedom uh, from where they were working you know Marvel Productions
2: said you do need to do what you need to do to make this the best to make this the most entertaining so, to continue to repeat, you know, off mission he's only preoccupied with his obsessions namely perfecting his fighting skills and improving his demolitions gear he is a strict vegetarian he has the personality of a cold fish <laughs> Maybe it was just a mistake. <laughs> no, I mean,
0: you know, the, the, none, none of this shit matched up. The toys, the cartoon, the comics, it was all different. True. Oh, um, I, I did like there was a little bit of a nod to the Scarlet Snake guy's relationship here where she yes, very there excited was. to return, he returns and gives him a big hug, which is basically did she never. Call him,
2: did she call him Snake? She might have. I think she did. I think she but did. But that's
0: never really, men- you know, done. Nothing happens in the cartoon with that. But that was like a little sly nod to the fact that they were closer than other characters.
1: Yeah. Uh, writer Larry Hama gave uh, the file gave him his file name after Steve uh, Lealoha. Aloha. Yep. Yep. Comic book uh, artist.
2: That's nice. Great artist. Yeah. That's a good one.
0: So this is exciting. You know, we have we still, now we have the yellow element tomorrow. Is that what it is? Yeah.
1: We had green. No, got, we had, no. Got we, have the, green. we have green. We have got green. We've got the. Red crystals, the radioactive crystals. Oh, it's yellow too. Really the, the blue heavy water, and yeah, the Who, yellow, which gold. they seem to have a pretty good supply of already. But I guess it's like toilet paper.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you see by when when Snake Eyes brought the crystals before the canister booby trapped and 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 uh, gave as as Duke explained what was it? It was a uh, paralyzing gas. Yeah. Um, Did you see the robotic contraption the the scientists used to put the crystals in the tube, like the arm that went out and then went down? Like that was pretty cool. But also no protection
0: from
1: the radioactivity. radioactivity
2: None none whatsoever. It was just like like 24 (laughs) inches from Duke.
1: Radioactivity works different in that world.
2: Uh, By the way, we're not even touching on – If you're blind, it can't even touch you. Right. we're not even touching on the the flashback to the captivity that duke had and, and the 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 headset that let him remember where he was you know the 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 whole kind of uh the uh, being in captivity memory
0: right we once again the woman and things i feel like things happen in between the episodes because in the, in the last time in Joe part they'd mentioned how they made the world leaders into slaves so i thought that that didn't happen yes. on the screen
1: no, I don't think it happened on the screen at all. No, either. they teleported yeah. them in, and we just saw that. That's just economical storytelling, my friend. <laughs> they are in the, they put them in the pits. You, t- you you bring them there, what are you going to do? They're going to put them in the pits. I don't need to spend time explaining that. So much that.
0: wasted concrete. Like That's a <laughs> so lot of really expensive builds they do. <laughs> um, I'm excited, though, to see how this all wraps up. And as long as this, this weird time of our lives
2: continues, we'll, we'll get to the next one. Well, article. listen, there's two parts here. I mean, we still got two more episodes to go. I know.
1: Yeah. It's great. Do they they did upload more than just these, right? Yeah. Do we make that clear? These are all on YouTube free of – I think they're even free of ads. Yeah.
2: They're free of ads, yeah, except they do have the ad breaks. They have the bumpers, which is yeah. exciting. Not, um, nothing wrong with that.
0: But, yeah, we link them all in our show notes. If you haven't seen the episode, you can find the link in our show notes. And uh, miniseries number two, obviously we're not getting ahead of ourselves, is The Revenge of Cobra. Uh,
1: oh, That's exciting. Episode one is in the Cobra's pit.
0: And I'm looking at the um, little thumbnails and I see Zartan – I see Shipwreck. Oh, man. Yeah, this is exciting.
2: We're I just see for, we're, a, we're I, scratching I, the surface of G.I. Joe right now. I mean, it's great to see Stalker and, yes. you know, for, and original uh OG costume Snake Eyes and we get introduced to Timber and blonde cover girl, but once we get into Zartan, Shipwreck, Dr. Mindbender, that's it's really Also, to mark, to mark to also I I did find this um, fascinating because like I and I talked about we, a couple weeks ago when we talked about the first episode. I vaguely remember these episodes. I couldn't recount the storyline for you based on my childhood memory um because I do remember the later ones, but they really Really love to go to the well with the Joe and Cobra racing to collect things to build something. We talked about that last Trope. week's
0: episode with, okay, the, with yeah, Damien. Yeah. Yes, like there's like
1: three miniseries that well, we've, are all about this.
2: The same. It's the same story. It's yeah. literally we've been talking the same about story. this
1: for years, and whenever it happens in a comic book, we're like, "Oh, that's the broadcast oh, yes, in- energy transmitter." <laughs> yeah. And what we should have said was the mass device. That's something that we learned device. from this.
2: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it, tur-
1: it turns out, by the way, that there are other people on YouTube talking about this. No. Yeah, I know it's true. One of them. Uh, has it like their screenshot is a picture of a the G i Joe like DVD that they're talking about? And then a yeti mic pointed the wrong way at the person. <laughs> Just for those of you out there, the Yeti mic, which is a common podcaster and YouTuber mic, uh, is not meant to be pointed at the person speaking. Just, no one seems to know that, but,
2: <laughs> but sorry. It looks so it looks so good when they do it. It does. It looks great. That's when you that's that that. the problem it's, with the Yeti microphone is that it looks it looks better than it should. That's true, but that's yeah. like trying to drink a can from the side.
0: <laughs> it so, Ron, won't are work. you are you going to stick around, or are you gonna take take your leave and return for the next GI Joe discussion?
2: I got some letters. Um, I'll, I'll stick around. Yeah, I can stick around. Hey, everyone's asleep here, so might as well. All right. So that's
0: that's GI Joe <laughs> Corner. We will return to GI Joe Corner next next. The next exciting episode of I and GI Joe. I love it. In the meantime. As we told you last week, patreon.com slash fanboy, we hit our next stretch goal. And in fact, we hit it comfortably. It was pretty shocking to see. Uh, at the time of the recording last week, we were exactly at the stretch goal. We were a little worried, but we comfortably passed it. And so that means we have begun the process of uploading old shows to YouTube, and we are prepping the next episode of the all the non-comics media podcast, the monthly episode.
2: So you'll get all you'll get that this month, and you'll get what I what I what I enjoy about this this stretch goal is that it puts me to work. <laughs> so yeah, you got to come in for the because show because I got to come do I got to come do this. I got to come do the media explode. I thought I left, but now I'm back. I'm, you have, I'm have the hard
0: drive of whole shows, so it's all yeah. it's all very Ron heavy. Uh, so let's you know it's, it sounds crazy. I never thought I'd say it on the show itself, but the next stretch goal is the return of the quarterly barbecue video podcast. We never thought we'd I'm, actually have to worry about that. So
1: I'm rooting for three quarters of that goal. <laughs> so
0: go to patreon.com slash iFanBoy. You can go uh, get lots of benefits there, and uh, we appreciate that. Also, t shirt store, iFanBoy.threadless.com. We've told you before about our seven previous designs Fanboy logo, Herm, pick podcast ratings. If one is electro, GDAT, nothing makes sense, nothing matters. And our new design, Stay Home and Read Comics, which is fast becoming our it's it's almost it's catching up to nothing makes sense, nothing matters. As our wow. most popular design, wow, and as we said before, a portion of all the profits from the sales of this of this design will go to the comic stores in need. We're still working out the strategy on that because there isn't like a central place there's a there's a one popular charity, but they're also doing bookstores. We want to make sure this goes to, all the money goes to comic stores. so we're going to figure out how to do that once uh, sort of the, the the dust settles on the sales of that that design but you can go check it out. It's a great design if I can say so myself I think at dot com and uh, check that design out. You can get it on other things besides T-shirts. And I got a book, I got a notebook. It looks nice on
2: that. Uh, I'm seeing people post it on Twitter when they get it. Uh, they're posting pictures of it, and it just it's very cool to see it out in the wild. So if you if you have ordered uh, it and you're po- and you get it, throw a picture up on Twitter. Just, you know, share you know share the experience with everyone. I have can a can they can they, can they make it into the masks?
1: <laughs> I saw because Threadless does the masks too. So oh, do, do they really that? Yeah. Oh so wow. See, I'm sure we can, but like we should uh, okay that. We if,
0: should authorize if, that design, yes. That's a
2: good idea. That's a good idea.
1: All right, we'll,
0: we, yeah. we'll work on that for next time. slash support that's where you can help us out via PayPal directly if you feel like it, and we thank you anyone who does that. slash amazon that's where you can buy books uh, that we talk about on Books Bloat and a general link and we thank everyone who helps the show, you know, tough economic times. If you can't help, that's totally fine. If you're if but if you can, we'd appreciate it. And we thank you. And like we talked about with Patreon, you get lots of rewards. One of which is the Patron Pick, which obviously we talked about last week, being a little bit on hiatus until there's stuff to pick. But the other thing is the Patron Powers. If you give it the five dollar higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show. Josh, you're first.
1: Well, the, the uh, Steve Smith uh, projects an aura around him of let's say six feet, mm-hmm. uh, and in that in that uh, six feet, uh, you receive perfect. Uh, broadband signal highest possible bandwidth uh, (laughs) for whatever device it is you're holding. If you, if you know you're on the LTE, you're on the five G or even if you're just in the house, just tunnel wide open, like full pipeline, you know, you're you're getting, if you're on fiber, you know, it's, it's just stupid. So it's not area specific. It's
0: not like the, the best in that region. It's just the best possible,
1: best possible for the specific device and hardware. That you're working with, hmm. which, you know, with most modern stuff, that's pretty good.
2: That's a, hand, that's a handy, handy uh, power dive. You know, if you happen to be at your grandma's and there's still like a dial
1: up there, like you're getting the full 14.4 baud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That joke was, that was so old that I was like, I don't even know if I'm saying this right. And, and you went for it.
2: Yeah. But you got the it. 14.4, that worked.
1: Most, most people don't know yeah. at this point.
0: Swimp thung. Is an is the name that's on this script. Swimpthung is the next patron, and what Swimpthung can do is activate his or her power, and they grow an, uh, an 80s power rock mullet, and then they can they have them they they can sing any 80s power rock pop song. Wow. So they they sort of become an 80s, not like hair metal. I'm ta- I'm thinking more like the Outfield or Toto, you know. <laughs> That kind of thing.
1: Wow! <laughs> it was the outfield that got me.
2: Yeah, it was pretty good.
1: I mean, that's strong. Like, like does Rick Springfield fall under or, that? Yeah, a Starship, Rick Springfield. Okay. Like, you know, okay. you, you get
0: that. You turn it. Swamp Thung turns into an '80s power pop singer,
1: Lover Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful Sounds singing like that.
0: voice. Sure. Can't get rid of the Absolutely. It moment,
1: yeah. No. Well, that that's that's part and parcel, my friend.
0: Patreon.com/slash/iphonboy. That's where you can go and give five dollars high level, get your own power on the show. Thank you to Steve and Swimp Thung.
1: Swimp Thung. Swimp Thung. All right, let's do uh, let's do some emails. Let's start with uh, the first one on here from uh, Doctor Robert M. Again, I'm always amazed when any sort of adult professional, certainly a doctor, is spending their time listening to us. And Christ, I hope that helps. Thank you. Uh, He's been thinking about this question since I've been distancing I've been distancing which has been over a month. It's asked backwards but my work week has greatly increased and I actually find myself spending more time with comics. I'm a geriatric physician. Trying to keep my head down at work, yeah. And when I'm home, all I want is music and something to look at and lose myself in. Examples of what I consider time well spent is zoning out uh, on the art of James Stokoe, Seth Fisher, Raphael Grandpa. Those are three (laughs) excellent examples, by the way, and I think I get your taste. Uh, Do you have any aspects of comics that you can focus on and lose yourself in? Any recommendations, not just based on my preferences? Uh, My friend suggested reading up on classic Fantastic Four,
2: focusing solely on the art. That's the question.
0: Interesting. I wouldn't focus
2: solely on the art because I mean, yeah, you're missing you're missing a you're missing half the story there.
1: Yeah, I mean, after we read those uh, those Kirby things, boy, there's a lot of those uh, Kirby and Lee Fantastic Fours that we talked about. Those all those Galactus stories. There's a lot of great stuff in the writing too. It was it was super fun.
0: What can I mean? What can you lose yourself in? That's
1: I mean tougher for if, us, I
2: think. Um, I would uh, I, I, if I could if I could recommend something from my fine employer uh, back in the day. Uh, if you never read the original Secret Wars or Secret Wars Two, I feel like that's a great little get lost in kind of moment. I mean, f- for me, the
1: answer would be you know we we were talking about Agarth and his book at the beginning of this. Any of those really wonderful. Sixty to seventy-five issue Vertigo runs from the you know the the end of the nineties, the the first half of the two thousands. Uh, you know, there's Preacher, Hellblazer, Lucifer, Transmet, Sandman, Transmetropolitan, yes. a lot of those, and those are the kind where they're Ooh. big enough that you can just dig in and and really get going. Those, I mean, I don't, I I'm sure there are others, but I always when I think of Preacher, I just think of getting lost in just reading and not wanting to stop and you know there's those nine books to go through or 60 issues or whatever that, what, tr- transmits the same way
2: what what reminds me of that and honestly you know the early 2000s was just a freaking oh. awesome time for like because I was I was gonna I like as you're saying that I was like oh man now's the time for you to dive into sin city-hmm yeah. And like all the different, all the volumes of Sin City, and and piecing the, the 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 timeline together, and all that fun stuff. Like that stuff was so good at that time. I mean, um, there's, yeah. there's dozens.
1: Of Hellboy, you could do that with. You could go read, you know, Strangers in Paradise from the beginning. You could read, you know, all of those sort of long series that you know went on for five, six, seven years or something like that. I had a friend who I did, like a work guy who I didn't even know was super into comics or anything. And he's like, he said, "Oh, I loved Lucifer." Like I was super into that. Like it's because it's like reading a novel. That's that to me. That's my favorite thing to do. If you really want to lose yourself, is getting into a novel, be it fiction or nonfiction. But just you know, you got a long runway in front of you. And those are the comics that do that for me too.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I think it's slightly more difficult for maybe just me, but you know, it's hard not to read something and think about how I'm going to turn it into <laughs> content for the show. But um, I think you guys are right. The longer the better. Like I have the um two through five volumes of Mark Wade's Flash. And that's something I, I'm not worried, reading it, worried about talking about in the show. And it's long enough where I can really just sort of get into the, the momentum of it. Um, or something I've read a lot, like like New Frontier. You know, mm-hmm. like I've read it so much, I'm not worried about how I'm going to talk about it. And I can just sort of, that's, that's art. I can just sort of lose myself in the storytelling of it.
1: I mean, yeah. if you've only read Watchmen once or twice... I mean, I know it's like an obvious answer, but when you read Watchmen a bunch of times, each time you're like, "Holy cow!" You do that, then watch the show. Go, you know, like make those connections if you've got the time. I feel like that—that's kind of grim and heavy, but it's still so good and so entertaining.
0: So hopefully, that you. There's some stuff there, Doctor Robert. Um, <laughs> I think he's
2: an acid dealer. I think, and uh, <laughs> uh, he he can get you he can get you your uh, your weed card. So, yeah. Hey, Um, bud, what's the problem? (laughs) uh,
0: You know, hope you're hanging in there. Geriatric physicians is is tough right now, so hang in there. Let's do Wes from Minnesota, who says, For the past two weeks I've been thinking about great artists who are also good writers, not just okay but good. The list comes up pretty short. Other than classic creators, Frank Miller, Darwin Cook, Jeff Smith, I can't think of any modern examples other than Gabriel Hardman. Are there any that you can think of? Also, I just wanted to thank you for the show. It's a respite from all the shit that's going on. It helps me give a get a break from the insanity.
1: I hope it gives you guys a break from the chaos as well. It does. It does absolutely. Um, it's a good question. I think I, I, my first instinct was: uh, there's a bunch of guys who are kind of primarily known as writers, but well, hold were on, artists. we used to get this okay, question a
0: lot. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember, yeah. like, like ten years ago, it was a lot of like, why are these art? You know, who are these artists think they can write? And it's like, yep, that's like the standard. That's like the standard comment. I mean books, usually, we're, at least in the beginning, were made by people who wrote and drew, and Carl Barks yes. and yeah. Will Eisner. And, I mean, well, that's I not, it's what not unusual. What I'm saying is it's not unusual for having writers who who draw and an artists who write. It's just that's... Well,
2: what I, and what I think is interesting is that like it's so it's so easy to you know kind of talk about Frank Miller or talk about you know the the ones that are kind of established, but like I feel like in the last decade, there was a whole nother generation that yes. came up and you've got Jeff Lemire, you've got Jason Latour, you've got Scotty Young, yeah. right? You've got, you've yeah. got these guys who, who, who started off as artists who are now, you know, you know, Lemire is probably better, has more work out as a writer than he does as an artist.
1: Yeah. I still think because, but we first came up upon him with, uh, Essex County, you know, like I still think of that. Oh, that's him here in Sweet yeah. Like that's writing and drawing. Um, that, I'm having a hard time coming up I know they exist in superhero stuff but um, you mentioned Jeff Smith and I think I think Judd Winnick to me is a guy who you know he's doing uh, that's what I was going to say yeah
2: all ages yeah. books, um, the Hilo books. Hilo books are so good. I read them all with well, my. Well, I kids. think, uh, but what's funny is that I think of Judd, but that's different though, because not that it's different, but I, if Judd is because Judd's writing. Like I feel like Judd is a creator. Judd is a yes. he's he's writing and drawing that stuff. He is he is truly he is in the in the same classification now as Charles Schultz and and other great cartoonists. And like he's a cartoonist. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, but but I also kind of yeah, she's another. I also kind of think for you know for those of you who are enjoying you know the stuff from Marvel and then later on an image, but Rick Remender, yeah, start, yeah. you know wh- you know is an artist. Like if you follow him on Instagram, he posts his sketches and doodles all the time, and he started off as an artist. So and there are guys yeah. that you
1: don't think of, like Jeff Parker is an artist, uh, Bill Willingham is an artist. Uh, I always think when my first thing here was Phil Hester, who's a great writer and a great artist. You know, yeah.
0: but I wonder if separately. he's asking for people who are currently doing it because you'll get less of that, especially in mainstream work, because. You know, a guy like Scotty can write three books instead of drawing just the one.
1: Well, I mean, right. you really liked Sean Murphy's...
0: Yeah, Sean Murphy's uh, Batman stuff was terrific. He's, you know, a writer and an artist. It's not so unusual. Although it's more unusual in your your Marvel and DC world, just from the logistics of making those books and everything.
1: I mean, yep. John John Byrne. You didn't mention John Byrne. Yeah, well, for a reason. <laughs> no, he but like he uh, wrote, you wrote up, great books. Uh, and he up up yeah. to a certain point, though, I, you know, I don't know when that cutoff is. I think it was somewhere around Spider Man Chapter One. Nineties. Yeah, but prior to that, pretty much any John Byrne art you saw was golden. Like it was just like it was every so time good. I see it, it's so good. I
2: was I was actually I, I was I was reviewing a video Alzheimer's. that we do, that we're doing at work, and there was um uh, some John Byrne uh, She Hulk. Art that came up in the video work, and I, and I just paused. I'm like, "Oh man, that looks so good!" Oh, like that. Oh, that, yeah. I will like, see that
1: cover. You know, the pink cover with her yeah. just till the day I die. Like gorgeous. Yeah. You yeah, mentioned you. So you weird. mentioned
0: Josh. You sort of cut off Walt Simonson. You got yeah. you had Dan, Dan, I mean, Dan Jergens in the '90s, wrote and drew Superman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not on. Uh, it's not totally unusual. Keith, Keith, Keith Giffen. Giffen. I mean,
1: yeah, he he mostly did layouts and stuff. Well, well he I was did, mean, did, he that, was, he, he, was he was doing vaudeville. Phil Jimenez. Yeah. Yep, Phil Jimenez is a great I mean, writer, the, and artist. The the Hernandez. Los, Los Terry Los Moore is still doing great books. Terry Moore. Yeah. And a I lot mean they, he said modern guys and that is a little trickier. I mean Bendis for Christ's sakes.
2: No, Bendis wasn't a, a great artist, but yeah, but yeah, he's, but he, he, did he made it, yeah. com, but yeah. he made comics that worked. I mean, yeah, like it wasn't true. like you read those comics
1: and go, these are these are junk. I can't yeah. even look at it. You, he, yeah. he figured but, out a way. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Alan Moore was an artist. He was a cartoonist. Yeah. Like he yeah. did stuff that is not terrible, and these aren't modern guys. But I, I just think it's interesting. Like Grant it's Morrison, so pervasive. Drew
0: also, like, I mean, a lot, Yes, exactly. I think it's a different category of people who could draw a little and wrote really well, as opposed to guys like you know Walt Simonson oh. who could really write well and also draw really well.
1: What's interesting is the is the folks who uh, came. You know, and they wanted to be artists, and then they kind of realized like, oh, I'm not in that class. Donnie Cates is one of those. Kelly Thompson's one of those. You know, and they just sort of focused on writing. Uh, but you know, that started off with that in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, a lot of writers like that, but and then quit at various points along the way.
0: So there you go. Those are a bunch of people. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure we'll hear about them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Post them wherever it is you're posting things
2: right a lot write, of options now write in with your recommendations or just put them
0: on twitter put them in the comments yeah. it's fine <laughs> com. that's you can write in get on the show and uh you know we you know I was funny I'm going through the old episodes and uh we used to do, we used to do like 4 to 5 emails a show and then 4 to 5 voicemails
2: really yeah well yeah but that was before the patron stuff and that was no, before no no I'm talking
0: about like 2007 yeah, yeah, we would do like right. we would talk about like five comics, and in yep. like twenty minutes, and then we spend the next forty minutes doing emails and voicemails. It was a very we different
1: talk a format. L- we talk a lot more about, about the specific things. Yeah, that too, but also just like our answers are longer yeah. on the on the, Plus there's I, the.
2: There's more comics to talk about now, yes, for uh, better or for worse. To be honest, we know more. <laughs> like, True. Well, you know, Connor the, does yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know miss me Josh <laughs> yes
1: and I don't know why that's the I worst know. part so of it. Uh,
0: let's do all the plugs so we, we have a media splow coming soon which I just talked about the three of us are going to talk about um, stuff in media and if the and if all of the segments happen that we've been talking about the show is going to be four hours long uh, Josh is going to have a talk splode for you soon as we talked about last week there was a technical glitch in his recording so he's going to be redoing that at some point and Soon,
1: next, next in the next week or
0: two. Do we want to tease the book explode book for? I don't May? remember what
1: it was, so you go for it. You picked it. Uh, yeah. Oh. Oh. Wait. Did I? You to tell me because I don't remember.
0: All right. For the book explode for May is going to be Jack Kirby's New Gods.
2: Yes. Cool.
0: From DC. Yeah. Uh That's a good one. It's on Comicsology. If you want to get it, it's 424 pages, so it'll probably be the end of May.
1: It's a good thing you reminded me. <laughs> um, I better get started. I got to go,
0: guys. So you can find all those shows over at fanboy.com. That's where you can find what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. And that's – who knows what the pick's going to be every week. We'll find out. It's going to be a fun little game. You can also find out by liking facebook.com slash fanboy, following at iFanboy on Twitter, at fanboy comics on Instagram. And individually, we are at C.S. on Instagram, at j a. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram, and at RonXO on Twitter and Instagram.
1: If you uh, like the show, any show, whatever the podcast is, and there's a way for you to either uh, give it a rating on uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening or talk about it, not just our show, any of them that, that are important to you right now is probably the most important time to be doing that. Um, not so much for yourselves, but so that everybody can discover as much of the stuff that helps them get through everything that's going on as possible. Um, and also, just, just as people who are making the show, I, you know, I've said this before, and I will keep telling you, everybody who tells us that we are making their day in any part better, you know, it's the best. I love hearing it. I, it's, you know, I'm not like, yeah, well, of course you do. Like, it, I, I'm genuinely touched every time I hear it. And it really makes me feel like I'm doing something valuable with my time because this feels super invaluable <laughs> quite often. <laughs> um, But no, uh, you know, let let people know. Uh, you know, sort of, sort of what the stuff they're doing is—that that means a lot to you. Is helping you get through this. I'm sure that makes everybody feel pretty good. And and thank you to all the people who have been doing that uh, so much. So, that's how that works. Uh, that's all I have. Yeah, Connor. I'm done. I'm all done. All right, you're done.
0: Thanks, oh, Ron. You're
2: done. My pleasure. You're
0: gonna come back and talk about episode four.
2: Uh, yeah, hells yeah. Or was that four? Um, I
0: can't remember anymore. Uh, this that is was three.
2: three. This is three. Yeah. Four is next. Yeah, no, I'm on the G.I. Joe train. You, you got it. You Duel got it, my Duel in the
0: Devil's Cauldron.
2: <laughs> as long as those worms aren't on it, I'm fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, those are scary worms. All right, until next time. <laughs> thanks, Ron. I'm Connor.
1: I'm Josh. Thank
2: you. Wash your hands.
1: Yeah, wash them.